delighted to be joined again on the OTL podcast by Stuart Miller. Stuart, you spoke to us um, before a ball was kicked this season, so I'm delighted we've not put you off coming back on. Glad to speak to you again. Thank you, Colin. Very, you're very welcome, and, and happy to to speak to you again. Uh, and we're we're just about well, we're just over halfway through the season, but we're speaking just after the the Falkirk game on on Saturday. I mean, you spoke to us before the season kicked off and uh, I asked you the question of what was the target this year and you said progress so to me mm-hmm. box ticked you've achieved that so far um, you're sitting just off top of the league overall I'm guessing you, you must be pleased with how it's going so far uh, p- pretty happy <laughs> Colin I, I don't you know I did say to you that, that, that progress was the aim and, and last season the club finished fifth so progress was finishing fourth or better. Uh, we are in a position, we have been in a position for a number of weeks that we've been in the playoff positions, plus we've been top of the league. Uh, we've shared joint top of the league. We've been in second, third place. We've also, uh, after a number of games, we were sitting just outside the playoff positions. But, but I'm pleased with the progress that's made. Uh, not not just by the team, but by by the whole club in general. You know, it, it really gives me great delight when when I see everybody coming together. You know, when I'm talking about players and supporters, directors, everything about the club uh, is really good just now. And we've all got one aim, and that's to be as successful as possible. Uh, obviously, I'm well aware it's what happens on the pa- the pitch that. That, that has an effect, you know, in every other uh, part of the club. But, uh, you know, it's not just the progress on the pitch, it's the progress off the pitch. And, and, and even things like the other week there, Ernie McGarr coming into hospitality and having a chat with Ernie, Pat McCluskey as well, dropping in, Willie, uh, Cowboy McCor- uh, sorry, uh, McCulloch dropping in, you know, Flood, John Flood, Tom Black, Colin Walker, all, all these guys, and we've got John Martin and Henry Templeton coming uh, for the Stranraer game. You know, there's a to get togetherness about the club, and, and that's that's what I like about it. That's the enjoyable part for me, you, you know, as well as trying to get it right on the pitch, you know, with Ian and the players and such like. It's off the pitch. It's absolutely fantastic just now. And, and you know, that's that, that gives me a huge boost, to be totally honest, Colin. It's never plain sailing, sure, it's football, so there's been ups and downs. And um, We spoke after the Elgin game when you weren't quite trying to talk me off a ledge, but <laughs> I wasn't, wasn't <laughs> far off it. And at that time, I would say you, you remained confident in uh, the ability to well, not turn it around because that's over-egging it, but you thought things were going to improve. Uh, what was it that gave you so much confidence in the, the coaching staff and the players when, when things weren't looking great? Sure. You've got to remember, although you say things weren't looking great, I think we were one place off the playoffs. I think we were in fifth at the time. Uh, but admittedly, it's, it's hard to, to to talk positively about the Elgin result and, and the performance in general. Uh, I, I just had a belief that I'd seen enough so far from the players, uh, sporadically, I suppose, uh, rather than consistently to, to make me think that that you know we would do better. I knew the group of players that we'd signed uh, were good players. I also knew that 
they were the right type as well. And that's no disrespect to the type that were there last season in the dressing room, but it was one of the things that Ian Murray had identified right away when I went in, or even before I went in, he said, I've got the wrong type in the dressing room. So, so to be fair, you know, that had to be changed. Uh, so I knew the players we were bringing in were the right type. Mm-hmm. Also knew they were good players. But the, there was also, we, we do a number of fitness tests on players. And that, that, a lot of that's down to, to our, our head of the medical department, John McMenemy, uh, and his assistant, Adam Skinner. And, you know, we in sports science, uh, Mark McMenemy, we tested players and they were falling well below what we expected from them fitness-wise. Uh, so that that told us yes, we believed they were good enough players with ability, but the fitness levels just weren't there. And we knew that if we persisted and persisted, and kept checking them uh, every other week regarding their fitness levels, they would get to a level that we were happy with, and therefore a level that they could impose themselves on the game. So. It's a mixture of everything. I know it's a long-winded answer there, Colin, but it's a mixture of everything that made me confident. I was also confident in the manager when, with the greatest respect, I know, obviously, a number of supporters were questioning things. I felt that was wrong at the time because we've a very experienced, very humble manager with a great work ethic. And, and I knew along with that, and I knew, you know, with Colin Cameron going to be coming in, that, that everything would be okay. Did, did I think we would go and win six games in a row? Uh, possibly not, but I certainly knew things would improve uh, because because all of, of all of these factors, to be totally honest. There's a couple of interesting points then there. So the, the sports science element of it and the staff you've got there who fans won't see, when yeah. you when you can see that levels are low and you've got a hybrid system, how easy is it to turn that around? It's very difficult, Colin, and and, and I, I can give and I'll not hang anybody out to dry, but I'll give <laughs> because he's such a smashing player. But I'll give you an example regarding Curtis Roberts. Curtis Roberts is a very talented uh, young player, although he's, he's just turned twenty-five. A player that we all rate very highly a player that we were very keen to get to the club. But Curtis wasn't hitting the targets for the fitness. In fact, it's only recently that he has been. Uh, and, and I questioned Curtis about it. I says, Curtis, you've been here a number of months. You, you run out of steam after 40, 50 minutes. You know, why is that? And Curtis, to be fair, a very honest lad, had said that, he did very little pre-season before he came to us. He thought he thought that he would just do what he was doing at Queen's Park and before that with the, the, his junior side, that, that he would basically stop training the beginning of May and not start up again really until we start back pre-season. And he realised he got caught out with it. And I said to him, well, that, that, that's a silly uh, thought process you've had there. He said he just didn't realise the pace and tempo of playing at this level. So, in effect, Curtis cost himself a couple of months of the season because he just wasn't ready. 
as we went into pre-season, Curtis wasn't ready. And I know a number of supporters are saying to me, you know, why is Curtis Roberts no playing? They weren't really aware of what was going on in the background. Uh, Curtis hopefully has learned from that. I'm sure he has. And in fact, I thought he was terrific on Saturday. Uh, again, the manager took him off. But, but again, that's because we know he's not 100% uh, maximum fitness yet. Uh, but and we've got to try and get as much out of him as we can in the period of time he's on the pitch. But I thought he was excellent on Saturday. He's an excellent player, great attitude, but again, let himself down a wee bit there, and, and hopefully it's something that he'll learn from. Uh, certainly, every impression I get is that, that he will learn from it. So th there's a number things that go on in the background calling that people are not aware of it's not just a matter of the manager picking the, the, the best 11 players that he thinks and, and taking it from there there's a lot more goes on and we, we do, we, we ask a lot from the players and the players in general have been given a lot back uh, to us but on one or two occasions you know the players have let themselves down a wee bit regarding the fitness so so hopefully that explains, you know, one or two things to you. And for your part-time players in that model then, are they, is the onus on them to be topping up their fitness? It's not just you train. Correct. That That is where the difficulty occurs, you know. We, we've got, and I can give you a couple of examples, because Curtis is part-time with us. He's, he's got a decent job. But on the other hand, Dale Carrick's part-time as well. But Dale Carrick's employed by Heart of Melodian. So Dale naturally will keep fit where it's more difficult for, you know, someone with a kind of manual labouring job, to, you know, to keep as fit as Dale. So, so our part-time players, you know, David Hutton, Scott Gallagher in goals, a wee bit different for goalkeepers, I suppose. But if you look at our back four, the consistent back four of Kyle McDonald, uh, Sean Crichton, Callum Fordyce and Leon McCann, they're all full-time. You know, if you look at the, the midfield, Paul Mackay's full-time, Kieran Miller is part-time. But again, Kieran's naturally uh, fit. Curtis Roberts, as I said, uh, is part-time. And then you look in, in the wide areas, Callum Smith full-time, Dale Carrick part-time, Callum Gallagher's only part-time because, again, he's got a very, very good job. So Craig Thompson's part-time. You know, on, on the other hand, we've got likes in that Weatherburn full time, Ali Roy full time, uh, Josh Kerr full time, Adam Eckersley's part time. So, so it, it really, and I know I've went on and on, and we probably went through every squad member there. But, but you know, there is very much an onus on the part time players to to top it up themselves. There can be no excuses for the full time players, but the part time players, it's not enough just to, you know, train for a couple of hours on a Tuesday and Thursday and then think you're ready for the Saturday. It doesn't work that way nowadays. I know, that's, that's really interesting. And uh, you also mentioned uh, Colin Cameron coming in, so a famous name, a, a great player, uh, and, and obviously had been in management positions, but kind of disappeared from, well, I hadn't seen what he was up to for a while. How yeah. did it come about that he, he joined Airdrie? What do you think he's added to the, the management team? Well, for a start, he's added experience and knowledge, and he's full time, 
we didn't have that position obviously was filled by Mark Fitzpatrick and the, the, the one thing I would like to see is Mark conducted himself very very well whilst he was at Airdrie he was a great ambassador for Airdrie on his football club uh, he's been there through the tough times and he was always the constant uh, for Airdrieonians uh, and, and I'm grateful to him for that but I, I, I could sense from early on that the dynamics weren't right between Mark and Ian not, not that they don't go on, they do get on but, but there was no working relationship there and, and that, that, that was obvious for me uh, from day one, in fact, it was obvious when when I was at Stranraer watching it as well, uh, and I certainly highlighted that to not only the club but to Ian as well. And and to be fair, Ian confirmed that. Uh, and and the the way the circumstances was, we were heading towards wanting a full time assistant manager, uh, Mark again had a good job and, and that just never suited him even if the dynamics had been right it, it just it, it never suited him uh, and it's possible that, that if he was full time again you know maybe the dynamics could, could have improved and, and possibly that there could have been a relationship there uh, from a football point of view but Ian had intimated one or two names to me. I went and spoke to, to, to these people uh, and for me, Colin Cameron was the outstanding candidate. Uh, he told me what the assistant manager job was about and, and it explained how much he wanted to be to be Airdrie, he wanted to be back in professional football and, and we then pursued that. He was with Caledonian Braves uh, who used to be Edu Sport in the Lowland League, but again, uh, if you look, you, you know, kind of deeper than that, he'd been manager obviously at Cowdenbeath and Berwick, and and had successfully been an assistant manager with Jimmy Nicol, you know, uh, Cowdenbeath and such like. So Colin Cameron, I knew, and the manager knew, would be a great addition to to, to us, our our club, and with them being full time. Uh, it was a no-brainer. It was just a matter of trying to sort out the financial side of it because Mark was, was part-time, as I said, and so fi financially we had to, to find a wee bit more to try and uh, entice Colin. Thankfully, we have. There's a there's good relationship, great dynamics there between the two. Uh, him and Ian, he's full-time, which takes the pressure off Ian, certainly during the day. They talk about a number of things, not just about the team, about the opposition and, and any, any potential signing targets and everything else. So there, there's certainly a good relationship. But but what I would I want to stress is that Mark Fitzpatrick was a terrific ambassador, as I said, for, for our club. And I would have been keen to keep Mark on in some capacity at the club because, as I said, he'd been the constant throughout the difficult times in recent years that Airdrie have had, but Mark felt that it was probably better just to have a clean break, and, and I certainly hope that, that it re-emerges somewhere, because whatever club gets them is getting a very good professional person who conducts himself in, in a first-class manner. A good, uh, and he was he was popular with the fans. I think when he arrived as a player, it's in, the typical that Morton fans were 
scathing of him, but he he really impressed Airdrie, and it was a shame that his injury uh, kind of curtailed his career. Um, so so yeah, best of luck to him. Exactly, a smashing guy, you know, that deserves deserves a wee bit of luck in the game. And and but as I said, he, when Ian, Ian first came in, Colin, that he never got a chance to bring in his own assistant manager. You know, so a year later, he then is bringing in someone that he chose. He basically, you know, got told when he got the job that that they inherited Mark and the coaching staff. So it was an opportunity a year later for Ian, Ian taking a stamp his mark, and he just signed obviously a, a new contract and it was a matter of he should really be allowed to bring in his own his own assistant uh, but as I said we would have found another role for Mark somewhere because the club thought ever so highly of him. Your own role we, I mean we spoke as I've said before mm-hmm. before anything really got underway this season and uh, you said that your role was going to be assisting the manager when targets were identified which he'd have the, the say on then you could help with just the, the contractual negotiations, giving input where it's asked for, those kind of things. Sometimes when you start a job, it's not always a, as you expected it to be, and it might be a bigger role or a different role. How, how's yours been? I mean, is it as you expected? Uh, well, t- you realise right away that Airdrie Onions are a big club, but but nobody needed to tell me that. And and uh, I think I've said to you before, you know, that I, I put pressure on myself, you know, because I want to... I want to get to the next level sooner rather than later. I don't want it to be three, four years. I want it to be a year, two years maximum. So you put added pressure on yourself. But but when I come into the Airdrie job, bearing in mind that, that I was asked by Airdrie to, to, to come in at the start of April, because my intention was to come in uh, in the summer, but I was told that no, you really need to come in <coughs> just now, i.e. April, because there's th- so many things to try and sort out. And they were. I think I think the the, the, the most difficult uh, situation we had was the 12 players out of contract, sorry, within contract, who had signed a two-year contract the previous summer. And to be honest, the manager only wanted to keep two or three of those. So that that was the biggest difficulty, trying to convince players to move on and, and also try and recruit at the same time. Ian had told me from, from day one that he hadn't great knowledge of the Scottish scene because he'd been over in Norway, so he'd lost touch in the last couple of years with certain players and what was happening. So so he was guided by what I was saying at the time. But very quickly, you know, he, he got to know what was out there and what he wanted, and we were, we were pretty. And, and basically, once all the, the the transfer, sorry, the the recruitment targets have been identified, that then we go and pursue it. And we've got to work within a financial basis. Bearing in mind the club were terrific about a number of things, i.e., talking about Colin Cameron going full time and such such things. So we had to identify that and we had to go and try and pursue it. Bearing in mind there was competition from a number of other clubs, usually Wraith Rovers and Falkirk, to be honest. Uh, but we managed to recruit. And so that that was a huge part of the job. But I also felt that I had to give Ian the support to, 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 to do the job properly. Hence the reason that 
that the club come up with the, the hybrid idea because to get to that next level we felt we needed some needed to be different. We were missing out on targets because we weren't full time and, and but we didn't want to restrict ourselves either by missing out on part time targets who who again the Callum Gallaghers of this world that have got good jobs and could only could only go part time. So I, it's been a massive job, but progress has been made, you know, not just on the park, but certainly off the park. And so I'm, I'm delighted with how things have went, Colin, to be honest. I'll be completely two-faced because it's not what I was saying when we spoke earlier in the season. Uh, the the recruitment, you can see improvements all over the, the pitch. The guys who have come in have really added, and especially the guys who uh, have remained, uh, whether this is the sports science or whatever. I mean, Dale Carrick's goal tally this year compared to last year, uh, Kieran Miller's form, uh, it's great to see. I mean, you can really see the, the improvement. For you as director of football, I mean, what, what are you most happy with in terms of your time so far? First of all, I accept your report. Thanks very much. What I've been happy with most, and and I'm going to give a strange answer to that, I've been happy with how the club has came together more than anything else, not just on the pitch but off the pitch. The club has came together. You you can see after every one uh, one we have, you can see after every you know, performance like Saturday when the guys gave everything they had and and we ended up having to accept a draw, how the supporters reacted to that. The club has came together and that, that's what I'm thrilled about because quite frankly, what it, it, it was like that at the start of the season because there was expectations. You know, I, I think at Airdrie there's always expectations every season, but I felt their expectations were probably justified this season because I knew the standard of player that had come in and I knew what was happening off the pitch. But then there was that wee lull where all of a sudden, oh, this isn't any better than what it was. I, I knew it was better. But again, you can only convince the supporters by the, the results in the pitch. And so uh, that is the biggest factor. I'll come on to the players in a second, but the biggest factor for me was the coming together of the players and the supporters. It's an absolute joy to, to see, you know, smiley faces and and basically in it together. If, if, you, if you think about the late winner at Falkirk, you think about how they supported the club at Albion Rovers. Just absolute terrific. Even at Wraith Rovers when, when we lost by a goal recently and, and quite frankly, we should never have lost. But the supporters that day were terrific. They really were, and, and, and that's what gives me a, a thrill. On the playing side of it, I think we've got to give credit to the experienced guys like Hutton, Crichton, Fordyce. You know, that they, they've been a rock this season, as well as the youngsters that have come in. I mean, we, we started the season with, with McDonald and, and to an extent, Leon McCann, right and left back. Both were 18 years of age. Both had never played in League One before and now that now that they've now played about a dozen appearances each. Josh Kerr had never played in League One and, and he's played twelve times this season as well. So the Callum Smith coming in and loan from Dunfermline for me has been outstanding. Absolute joy to watch, a joy to see him training and the effort he's putting in at our club. Dale Carrick 
is injury free, and and I think that's so important. What the 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 clubs working to to a plan with them to try and control his previous injury record, and that's where the sports science and the physiotherapist come in comes into it, and obviously not only Dale's getting the rewards, but the club's getting the rewards with that. Callum Gallica, again, was maybe off the pace a wee bit at the start, but he's he's worked to a system, to a plan, and, and he's scoring goals for fun, and long may that continue. So, you know, you mentioned Kieran Miller, just a joy to watch the boy train and, and, and such a good competitor. You know, Paul Mackay's done well since he came in also and, and been a big part of the recent success. So th- th- there's a number, I probably went through most of the players there, but there's there's a number of players that have done really well. But as I said, the biggest thing for me was the, the coming together, the togetherness of the players and the supporters. I think it's terrific, it really is. Uh, you've mentioned Kirkcaldy. I mean, it really spoke to me that uh, despite the defeat, I mean the, the fans. You could you could see the effort. You could see well. You could see the clear penalty that didn't get given as well. Yeah. Uh, yes. But mm-hmm. but the, the difference between that and we're not talking a long time. What two months earlier? You, you can see the coming together, and it's on the basis of the performances have been so good that, that it, it really enthuses the the support. So yeah, well done to all involved for that. I think, and we're all guilty of this. It's all or nothing. You know, if we won, oh, that's brilliant. If we lose, oh, we're absolutely hopeless. You know, there's got to be some common ground somewhere. And I think the supporters see when the players are are giving everything they've got. I mean, especially on Saturday, we're playing against Falkirk. and, and, And yes, Falkirk have got more resources than us. But that's three times that we've played Falkirk and they've yet to beat us. You know, and, and, and quite frankly, on Saturday, you know, in the first half, we should have been two or three goals up at half time. We didn't get what we deserved in the first half. I felt the second half that Falkirk were probably in control. I thought they controlled the midfield area a wee bit more. Uh, but nevertheless, they never created a great deal until a McManus header near the end. So, so I, I certainly... The players are giving everything. The supporters are, are reacting uh, on the back of that, and and it's been great. As I said, the Albion Rovers game was absolutely magnificent, and and the Falkirk away game is something that I'll live long, long time in the memory. And also as a fan, it's been great to see the club making the positive move of signing players up ahead of January. I mean, is that something that's set to continue? Are there, are there more to come? Yes, I, I certainly hope so. I hope so that. I've spoke to probably six or seven players and made them aware. Uh, nowadays, calling them afraid, it's agents and representatives and everything else. So, but but in Sean's case and David Hutton, when I spoke to them, they they, they were they were clear from the outset. Listen, this is where we want to be, and there was no problems there dealing with them. I've, as I said, I've spoke to probably an hour four or five and I've intimated to them that we, we want them to remain next season. They said they'll have a wee think about it and get back to me probably the first week in January. So, yes, I'm very confident that more more players commit themselves to the club. Uh, everybody or all the players rather tell me how, how much they enjoy it and they've never known a spirit like it at the club. Well, that that just doesn't happen 
you know, overnight, you know, that's getting in the right type of players. They're all playing and working hard for each other. They're all accepting the criticism from each other as well, which is important. And there's no reason why they wouldn't want to commit their futures to Airdrie. But we've just, we've just we've just got to be kind of careful that 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 the players that we sign up are players that you know, regardless of what league we're in next season, that you that the manager would be happy to have them. And that's certainly the case. James Cowan uh, will leave the club. I know you you'd mentioned previous about kind of uh, comings and goings. James Cowan will leave the club in January. Uh, when James signed, it was in a short-term deal and his contract's up at the beginning of January. So we wish James well. Uh, we have agreed a deal with Hamilton for Leon McCann. That means he'll join us permanently. I've got to thank Hamilton for this, to be totally honest. I mean, Brian Rice called me 48 hours ago, just the night before they're due to play Motherwell in the Premier League, to chat about one or two things, uh, mainly mainly Charlie uh, and Leon. And, and he said he would sort, get the paperwork sorted out this week for Leon to sign permanent because his, his loan agreement is up after Saturday's game. So we're pleased about that. It's a young lad that, that, that came to us from Hamilton and we think he's got a big future and hopefully develops with us. Yeah, that's great news. I mean, we lost a, a promising left back, but I think your replacement's more than adequate. He's, it's been great to watch him. Uh, and as you say, he's so young. I uh, really look forward to watching him develop. Um, yes. That was a couple of scoops, which is which is great. I, well, I, mean, I, I, I just felt you deserved it, Colin. You know, in all seriousness, you know, it's, uh, you know, there will be one or two coming in. There'll be one or two going out. But bearing in mind that we did, we did sign a really a, a new squad in in the summer time. There'll be very few additions. There'll be very few departures. We're still, you know, we don't want to bring in too many and and complicate things. To be honest, but if there's a chance to improve a certain position or add a wee bit of depth to the squad, that then we'll certainly do that. But it's a shame for James because it. it he started the first two or three games and never really happened for him, to be honest. We think he's a talented boy, but that talent hopefully is fulfilled elsewhere, which is a shame. It's always a shame when someone leaves the club, especially someone as good an attitude as James Cowan. And as I said, we're Leon. We're thrilled that he'll get a chance to develop his and gain experience by by playing for us you know so excellent a, a big question to finish so progress was the target that's clear for all to see it's been great to watch and um, we're right in the mix at just over the halfway point regardless of what the last game happens Falkirk aren't going to take more points off us than we took off them which is again <laughs> again a success especially yeah. looking at their 4,000 plus fans um, yes has the aim changed are we, are we fighting for the, the the title for the remainder of the season okay I think we most definitely are, to be honest. You know that we've been up there probably for about the last five, six weeks anyway. I think when we beat Stranraer down there, I think I think Godraith uh, weren't playing that particular day. I think we went top and we we stayed top because it was a cup the following week. So <laughs> listen, let, let let's aim for the stars, i.e., let's aim for the championship and. 
uh, and let's see what comes along on the back of that. But certainly, uh, has the goalpost changed? The players' performance have made the goalpost change. And, and we've got a group of boys that are determined to go and achieve success for Adrianians. Uh, now, if that's up automatically as champions, then yes, we'll accept that. Thank you. But if it means the playoffs, then obviously so be it. But no, no. Sure. Thank you very much. Great talking to you. And best luck for the rest of the season. And well done to all involved for everything so far. Thank you, Colin. It's a pleasure. Thank you very much. Oh,